In the old days, we called them doctors. Now everyone sees a provider. Many other professionals from the scribe to the physician assistant complement the doctor. These positions are supposed to make the clinic experience better for all patients. You might have a choice to see a nurse practitioner now or wait longer for your physician. In some places, you may not ever see a doctor again unless your medical condition is complicated or severe. Given how quickly norms change, patients need to ask two questions. Should nurses and physician assistants play a bigger role in medicine at large? And more importantly, do they deserve the patient's trust? The answers reveal much about why you should care deeply about who is responsible for your health. Your well-being should be about thriving instead of surviving. It's about time to empower yourself and to navigate our healthcare system with ease. My name is Rishi and this is the show, Friendly Neighborhood Patient. Titles carry heavy weight in medicine. Doctors, of course, have been around since ancient times. Nursing as we know it began with Florence Nightingale in the 1800s. Physicians' assistants, or PAs, were a product of the U.S. military in the 1960s. These roles evolved with time. Doctors specialize and then subspecialize with their interests. Nurses target various patient groups and can practice medicine as well after proper training. PAs can plug themselves into nearly any medical discipline. For today, I'm just going to focus on why nurses and PAs are building a larger foothold in overall patient care. Some economists believe that PAs and nurse practitioners, or NPs, should replace all primary and standard care in America so doctors can instead handle the most complex problems. That's a dramatic change some argue is happening as we speak. Before weighing in on that major trend, patients should know and must know the exact roles of their non-doctor providers. Understanding each of these professionals' responsibilities is the first step to questioning if they're doing their job right. You've probably met a registered nurse or RN at least once. An RN takes many forms, whether it be a midwife, anesthetist, or a practitioner. Most nurses find themselves in broad medical categories like primary care and women's health. NPs can do more tasks than a general RN can. PAs usually specialize by medical discipline as physicians do. Both NPs and PAs have overlapping skills, but their training differs. Nursing school after undergrad focuses more on treating the patient in a given care setting, and PA school is centered on treating the disease itself, similar to traditional med school. PAs usually have a few years of clinical experience, normally as a medical assistant or something similar, post-undergrad before enrolling in a two- or three-year PA school. Nurses, and I should say practitioners, need a master's degree to become an RN first, then finish a graduate degree and licensing exam to officially practice. In certain states, NPs can practice medicine independently without doctor oversight. PAs, on the other hand, legally need physician supervision. To put the education in context, a PA or NP likely spends a maximum of four to five years, including job experience, after undergrad before practicing medicine, with some exceptions here and there. A physician spends about 8 to 12 years after undergrad, depending on their specialty, before they can see a patient themselves. That's a lot of school. If someone asks you who to trust with your care, it's a pretty easy choice. However, we do not live in that kind of vacuum. Reality has plenty of other ideas. As I've said in past episodes, there are only so many doctors to go around while healthcare usage climbs overall. The differences in providers' training are one thing, but the demand for NPs and PAs in particular keeps rising. 
Markets are saying their piece. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, the number of PAs is projected to grow about 30% between 2020 and 2030. For all nurses, so RNs, NPAs, etc., the forecast is 45%. Doctors' estimated job growth is just at a tepid 3%. I'll link more detailed BLS data on my page at rushinagala.substack.com. The largest driver behind these expectations by far is nationwide aging. Chronic diseases like diabetes and heart issues play a role too, but nonetheless, PAs and NPs are necessary to keep up with secular trends bringing about more patients in need. Let's be practical for a bit. When heading to the clinic to deal with a medical issue, you may or may not have a choice in who you see. If you draw a Venn diagram of all the tasks that doctors, NPs, and PAs can do, there are several commonalities in the middle section. All three of these professionals can do physical exams, make diagnostic assessments, order tests, prescribe medications, and perform routine procedures like biopsies, injections, etc. Yes, even surgeons have PAs who know how to hold a scalpel. Around 19% of PAs, in fact, pick a surgical subspecialty. From the patient's viewpoint, these basic clinical skills are everything medicine appears to be. NPs and PAs likely do a few other administrative tasks the physician doesn't need to worry about, but you shouldn't get blamed for believing that doctors and other providers are interchangeable for certain responsibilities, even if that in and of itself is false. In the heat of the moment, two providers writing the same prescription or doing the same routine procedure appear to deliver equivalent service. It's no coincidence, though, that NPs and PAs command a much lower median salary than what a physician can claim. What you can't visualize are the wide gaps in education and experience unless you have a complex medical issue. So what should you do if there's a choice to wait longer for the doctor or see the NP or PA right now? Your condition drives the answer to this question. At the same time, patients should prioritize getting seen rather than waiting for a better professional. If your condition is too unusual or too complicated for a PA, you'll get referred to a doctor anyway. PAs in particular have been fighting for looser overstride restrictions since the advent of their position. In May 2021, the Maine PA Society changed its name to the American Academy of Physician Associates rather than assistance. Doctors weren't exactly pleased with that development. Groups like the policy-focused American Medical Association pushed back, arguing that changing titles will confuse patients. Anti-PA sentiment points out that mid-level providers handling too many patients cause more errors. Pro-PA sentiment suggests instead that doctors can use extender staff to free up time away from routine care and onto the more difficult patients like I mentioned earlier in the episode. Most state legislatures and regulatory bodies haven't enshrined the new associate term. Doctors may be disgruntled, but they're still employing new mid-level staff to handle demand. Market forces are still at play. PAs can exist in any care setting, but 53% of them are employed at doctor's offices. For nurses, it's about 47%. I do not believe patients have to settle for a winner-take-all reality. Patients shouldn't let their doctors get away forever. But patients shouldn't also toss NPs and PAs to the curb. Both of those mid-level providers share abilities with the physician and in most settings can spend a little bit more time with you. Patients are trading medical experience for accessibility in this case. Some people are uncomfortable with that truth, especially because medicine is a field where oversimplification is a dangerous thing. Not all scenarios involve patient A taking treatment X and recovering well from some given disease. Give PAs and NPs the opportunity to become the modern, first-line PCP 
to deal with your problems in a timely manner before the doctor steps in. However, use what you learned in this episode to know the limits and bias of each provider you'll meet in your healthcare journey. Physicians with multi-decade careers or brief stints after graduation have adventures of their own. Sometimes their struggles manifest in ugly ways, hurting both themselves and their patients. The next pod will cover the essence of doctor burnout and the role patients like yourself have in helping physicians feel better about their job. Subscribe and stay tuned to Friendly Neighborhood Patient for medical field breakdowns. I'll catch you the next episode.